This is Make Do, a podcast about arts. Oh, I just see, I already I already lost it, but I'm <laughs> Tiffany Armand. <laughs> Tiff promised me a really good riff because I joked that we're the podcast that rifles through uh, other artists' pockets, steal their best stuff, and then kick them in the face. Sort of like that well, joke I, about see- <laughs> how English is a language that goes through other languages' pockets for all the best words. Well, see, I had a... I had a professor in college went for writing and he said that writing is an endless cannibalistic feast and it tastes good. <laughs> and so I always think of that as art is pretty much cannibalizing everybody. So yeah. And if you're, you if you're lucky, you eat other people. I'm Julia Scott, by the way, is where <laughs> <laughs> is a thing. See, we're just cute. We're cute and quirky. That's, that's what it's all about. But so this week, I think we're going to be talking about lots of fun stuff like social media. Yeah. And well, basically a little bit about um, stealing in the good way, like being the person to do it most recently, um, inspiration, social media, all that stuff. But first, I really want to hear about your new job title. Oh, yeah. So I was asking my son the other day what he thought his parents did for work because we kind of have strange jobs where we work from home and it's not really clear what we do. And I think he might've been talking about his friend's parents and what they were doing for jobs. But I was like, so what do you think, what do you think mommy does for her job? And he said, you're an artist. And my heart just exploded. I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome that that's the way he sees me. Even if I don't necessarily see myself that way, it just really has made my week (laughs) not just my day it's made my week that he said that to me and so I had to throw it into the show notes because I was just so over the moon no that is really he sees me like that (laughs) was he at all able to explain never mind what what uh, Marco does but like what his friend's parents do do? because I feel like you you never like kids will just be like oh you know Mommy holds a broom and lies on a couch or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he, I think some of his parents, like some of the other parents, he knows what they do because they'll come in and read books in his class and talk about what they do sometimes. So he, he was expressing that he had a grasp on certain professions and like wanting to be things when he grew up and he wants to be a geologist. And then I asked him like, well, what do you want? What do you think mommy and daddy do? <laughs> so, and what, what, cool what is a, a developer in his mind? I think he thinks that he's, I, I forgot what he said, but he, I, I kind of tuned out what happened after he said that I was an artist. Yeah. Like all the sunshine and rainbows and unicorns were all like frolicking in the field of my brain. And that's where I left it off. So. I don't know what he thinks Marco does. And and if it was a sitcom, you'd be like, yes. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I love you. Let's go do your favorite thing right now because (laughs) you made mommy so happy. Yeah. And I think because I know we talked before about, you know, your inner child and considering yourself talking to yourself the way you talk to a kid. And I think, again, like it's a good way to think about it. Like, what does someone do? They do the Mm -hmm. thing they like. Yeah. Because and then especially when he says, like, I think you're an artist because you're so good at drawing. And I was like, wow. To him, I'm like magic, and that's kind of awesome. At least you know it's nice. It's nice to know that even if you're magic to just the five year old in your house, that it's someone and it's important and it's great. So. I need to borrow a five year old from someone. Yeah, go, clearly, go find some kids and have them tell you you're awesome. It's it's a real boost. It really is. <laughs> yeah, It'd be like again, like you can draw a princess dress. That's amazing. <laughs> that's how I always thought of my mom. She used to draw like a girl in a 
like a sweetheart dress. And I think that was the only thing that she was able to draw. But to me, she was amazing because she was able to do that. And it was the best thing ever. Whereas my mother, okay, this might be a topic for for a different episode, but (laughs) I'm the only person in my family who is not even like artistically inclined, but who can draw at all. Uh, or is is creative in like the general artistic sense. Like my mother in the past few years has become really big into miniatures and dollhouses. But before that, like she was just completely convinced that she was not artistic or creative at all in like the the hand crafty kind of way. Uh, so I'm I'm a weird anomaly in my family. I think I fit in pretty well with my family in terms <laughs> of creative stuff. Everyone finds their own way, but I definitely have some cousins that are exactly like me. <laughs> my my two oldest brothers to me for a long time even as an adult were like chandler from friends like i have no idea what they do it's something with computers <laughs> so social media um it's a kind of a broad topic but i think because because we've talked a little bit about you know comparing ourselves to other people on social media or in general so like what, what kind of part do you think it plays in your artsy life actually Right now, it plays a huge role in my artsy life because it is the source of almost all of my inspiration. I go through Instagram and I kind of find artists, especially other self-taught artists that I can relate to really well and I will and work that I admire. And I will just consume all of their stuff as much as I can. Like every time they have a new post, I'm super happy to look at it. And whenever they put up new collections, I'm just enthralled by their work. And so it's really very inspiring. And I have been loving it. But I will often find myself getting pretty bogged down in all of the stuff that's around and getting in you get both intimidated and inspired at the same time. And I think that that's ways you have to find balance. I mean, do you find that also? Oh, yeah, totally. Like you either just like from scrolling through for forever, which is the same as like buying all the books about something, I think, Mm -hmm. where like first you just buy them and look at them. And I think it can really quickly turn into overload where you're looking, but you can't really take it in anymore. Yes. Even if even if you're not intimidated, even if it's not like it's just like it it can't like your your I don't know inspiration gland is full after a while, I think, because there's just so much so much there. Um, and I think you kind of have to put it down and maybe process it or even just do something else. That's exactly where I am right now. Like I want to actually talk to you about that. And that at this point, I feel like I've just spent the winter months consuming, you know, everyone's art and just <laughs> enjoying it and seeing everyone's inspiration. And the people I tend to follow have extremely clear voices and styles. And I love that about them. But I also feel like I don't have that. So I'm at the point now where I'm ready to kind of shut off my social media consumption and just see what I can do now with what's kind of like mar- marinate locked in, in my brain. Exactly. And I almost don't want to be in I don't I don't want to be influenced by the other artists that I'm that I've been consuming these past few months and see what I would just produce totally out on my own. And it might end up being similar to them, but I don't want to feel like I'm directly copying. And it's and again, it's just for me at this point. I'm not trying to become commercial or marketable anything yet. So I think that that's okay to end up being similar to people that you idolize, but it eventually needs to move on and evolve and become your own voice. And that's what I'm ready for. Yeah, but I, I do think that 
because a lot of creative people think say that that they love consuming other people in their field or in general but if you're starting to write a book they stop reading for that like a couple of months because they get too stuck in someone else's voice Mm -hmm. or when they're drawing something they don't do it um but i think like you've said several times like you you do sometimes have to keep copying someone else to find your voice because you'll either figure out what your hand likes to do or doesn't like to do maybe you you can't figure out what your voice is until you <laughs> I don't know try to copy a bunch of other people's voices like sing sing like all these other people or whatever no it totally is like I've tried to do someone else's style and even though I admire it if it doesn't naturally kind of find its way if I don't feel like I'm at least start like a little bit good at it at first then I'm like nope nope can't do watercolor flowers not my thing it is just (laughs) not happening no matter how hard I try they still look like blobs and it's just not a pretty situation whales on the other hand getting baller at whales love the whales (laughs) but I've also used social media to ask for tips from people that I see who are working artists and who are doing a lot of creating and have just been creating for a year. Like I will message someone on Instagram and being like, oh, hey, how do you get those little tiny white hairs, you know, in your portraits? Or how do you do this? Or and sometimes that's so cool that you do that, though, because I know at least for me and I know for a lot of people, it can be really scary to message someone that you think is cool, yeah. <laughs> that you think is good at something. Oh, it's super intimidating, but... Clearly, I got over it because you and I have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. It's it's super intimidating, but at the same time, I got to the point, just like deciding to create things, I got to the point where I wanted the information more than I was intimidated by asking for it. So, and sometimes I hear back, sometimes I don't. And... Yeah, I think I think people are super different too about sharing like how they do something, which is totally fine by me. Like, you know, the best I can do is ask, right? Oh, absolutely. But I love that too with like sort of uh, artist Instagram or you know, blogs or whatever that people are so happy to share most things because there are I mean, there are probably few things that could be seen as sort of proprietary, but most things are still about like the technique can be used by 10 different people and look different. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun to share, especially uh, regardless of whether you're like a working professional artist or not, you're mostly stuck like with your paper or clay or whatever it is. And and it's so much fun to be like, hey, look, I figured, you know, this thing out or I tried this thing and it didn't come out or like and you can ask even write out what do you think and get feedback. And that's so cool. It is so cool. And a lot of the times, actually, most of the time, people are super willing and excited to share their information, especially if they're self-taught also. And I try and do a little bit of my own due diligence in finding out if the people who I would be messaging or asking have classes that they are selling. And generally, those people I won't ask because I feel like they are using that knowledge as their marketable skill. And if I need it, Badly enough, I will super happily pay for their class or do their YouTube training program or whatever they are offering. But if they don't have that and they're kind of more of a casual person, then I don't feel so bad asking. And again, if they don't answer back, that's totally fine. I don't – anyone who might be listening to this who just gets too many requests and doesn't answer back or doesn't feel comfortable sharing their skills, no, I'm not offended by not hearing back. And I don't think many people would be. I think that they would understand, especially in the art world. Yeah, because it's, it's again, it's that thing of you're not 
then going to sell something specifically because of that technique. Like there are some things you're like, okay, I'm not going to tell people this because this is very much my technique that makes it recognizably mine. Mm-hmm. But mo- most things you're like, hey, yeah, go ahead. Do you follow do you follow a lot of people who are where you are? Um, because I find that it's kind of hard to find because the people who get big and that, you know, show up in your suggested mentions or that use certain hashtags are usually the ones that are way further along than I am in certain parts. Uh, so because I think that that could also be a good thing sometime. um, sometimes to be like this person is also <laughs> at the same level of insecurity as I am. I I generally don't, honestly. To be completely like I, I usually follow people who are ahead of me in their journey, but I tend to follow people who have gone through a similar journey. So, so you know that you can survive and come out the other end. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like I like to like if you're running a race or someone, I like to see someone like, oh, look, they're turning there. Okay, let me go with them. You know, (laughs) it's a it's a security blanket situation. I think, which is really nice. I think that if I were to follow people who are either behind me on my like on the same journey but just like a few steps back or at the same level that I wouldn't feel like I'm getting as inspired as I would want to be when I'm using my time to consume inspiration if that makes Mm -hmm. sense like it's not no I totally get it it's, it's that kind of difference of like inspiration and support or inspiration and encouragement mm-hmm. and you can get encouragement both from inspiration and from knowing that I'm not the only one who cannot figure this out or right. who does who who needs right now to paint the same whale for a week. And in general in terms of finding feedback and using social media, Instagram and Twitter, I do get a wide range of people who have it in their different journeys when it comes to just um, maybe text feedback or something like that, where it's like, we're just, I'm just chatting on Twitter about something I'm doing and someone be like, Oh, I was working on that last week. So I do find those similar people. And I tend to interact with people who are at the same level in my journey, more through text and encouragement, like, Oh, good job. Or this, you know, uh, like telling someone that they did a good job or, commenting on someone's photo that like, wow, you're really improving. You know, those type of comments are different than my aspirational media <laughs> consumption. You know what I yeah, mean? That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Do you, because I, again, I love seeing your lunchbox doodles and the stuff you're working. So how do you see what you're sharing? Is it like just fun stuff you're doing or do you want to share your best stuff? Do you see yourself as an inspirational <laughs> poster? I hope I am because I remember a long time ago, um in tumblr days and someone was a like a lunch bag artist they would draw for their kids on like the paper lunch bag that they had and they were very good like they were a very good cartoonist and would do things like that so i think that that initially inspired me to start doing stuff for my son now that i have a school age kid that goes to school every day and i have an opportunity to draw these little lunchbox arts and posting that every day it is it's more of a documentation for myself than anything, but I'm super happy if anyone is also inspired. But on the same note, especially with the lunchbox ones, I find I've gotten feedback from other moms in kind of a roundabout way that it's like, oh, well, who has time for that? Like, you know, almost like, 
almost a negative kind of I'm the showy off mom, you know, like that, yeah. that I'm the I'm the mom that's showing off and doing these doodles for my kid because it's like a look what I could do with my time. I'm baking all the muffins and I'm <laughs> doing all the doodles, you know, but really it's one thing that I do either the night before or that morning and it's more for me. I was going to say, like, because it him. feels like even if he appreciates it, it's also something that makes you happy. It's not like, oh, geez, here we go again. I have to make a bento box that looks like a bunny rabbit or something. Right. Because, you know, I don't enjoy that kind of stuff, like sandwich art and things. I don't, I don't generally do that. But I think that a lot of parents will get into that competition mode when it comes to especially doing stuff for their kids. So I just wanted anyone listening out there to know that I'm not trying to be like a kid competition person this is more of a everyday doodle thing for myself to to do and to to get done. And in terms of sharing my work that I like, I totally share the stuff I like. I don't generally share the stuff that totally <laughs> bombs. Like when any of my paintings that are just real bad, I'm like, Mm-mm, I can't even share this because I'm not proud of it. I like to share things I'm proud of. Do you feel the same way or do you like to share your failures also? I I don't always like to share my failures, but I do make an effort to share them because it's so easy. Even if you're not actively trying to only show off your best work or only Mm -hmm. brag, it's so easy to just post, you know, you post your highlight reel. uh, Mm -hmm. And when someone else sees that or when I see someone else's feed of knitting or uh, pottery or painting, all I will see is that they never fail. And obviously, like, on a totally intellectual level, I know that that's not true. But if that's all I see, then that's all, like, my whole feed is just perfection. I should definitely post some of my fails then. Maybe that would be funny. Be like, <laughs> just write fail over it and have like this really messed up like pig that I tried to draw. <laughs> you should have your Friday fails. No, but like to, to post and also show and sometimes even to like post a really great picture, but then maybe in the caption uh, explain like this is the fourth attempt at this one sleeve or uh, this mug cracked or whatever because like I've had to sort of train myself to also share those things because both they're an important part of being an artist I think mm-hmm. to to show or not to show but f- like the the way you got there the road to the final project is, is part of it but I think it's different than progress shots progress shots I feel are different than old like outright fails well i mean like the for me almost always there's a lot of failing along the way like either either in the one project Mm -hmm. or just like i had to fail eight times before i figured this technique out and and to me like that's not necessarily just like a philosophy of art it's kind of a philosophy of social media for me personally Mm -hmm. that i do want to show that like okay my, my cats are cute but they also puke (laughs) Or that, uh, you know, I posted this cute uh, outfit picture, but I also wear sweatpants most of the day or whatever, Mm -hmm. like to, because I love social media for like all of the social medias, uh, you know, text stuff, picture stuff, uh, communication stuff, blogs, all that. Uh, But it is really easy to, as an individual, get stuck in just seeing that everyone else's life looks great. And just for me personally, both when I've written stuff, when I've written blog posts with the books that I've written, when people say like it feels so good to um, my philosophy is kind of that thing of, of wounds heal better in 
fresh air and trolls burst in sunlight, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think it can be good to say, maybe you don't have to post every fail, but you can sometimes post a fail and sometimes just say like, this painting was amazing. This is the first canvas out of five that I've kept, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To keep it away from generally just becoming negative self-talk or I don't know, like I, there's, I think that there's a line that you can cross with becoming very negative about your own work and displaying that and versus um, showing the realism absolutely reality and I, th- right? and I think i think of part part of for me of not becoming too negative about my own work is other people being a little bit negative about their work mm-hmm. because then i know that this is not me sucking this is just part of like i'm sucking and that's part of the process right yeah um <laughs> um i don't know and it, sometimes for me it's also about like i again for me personally i get a little bit allergic to the whole like self as brand thing um, oh yeah like I love taking gorgeous pictures and I love posting pictures of like things I'm doing or gore. And then I'm like, and now here's my groceries because it's this really weird thing where like, I don't want my feed to look too good. And maybe part of that is me also overthinking and be like, what if someone else thinks I'm trying to make my feed look too good? Um, <laughs> but part of it is also like, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's a really weird sort of um, feedback loop in my own head sometimes. Well, I think what's kind of good about both of our person, you know, of our personal feeds and social media and that I feel like both of us really keep it grounded to mostly everyday life. Like, yeah, of course, you're going to be posting mostly the upside of everyday life, because I mean, who does want to post when your kid, you know, hits you at the park and you have like a fight and you have to drag him home and uh, like, yes, all of that stuff happens. But I don't necessarily want to wallow in that or highlight that part of my day because it was negative and upsetting I rather focus on the good parts of the day you know Mm that they definitely balance each other out but that's where I'm coming from and I don't feel like we either of us are going to the extreme of some of the uh, professional bloggers out there (laughs) that will just glorify their entire world like if you look at their feed it's all bright sunlight and perfect houses and this and that it's just which is fine like that's something that a lot of people love consuming and I feel like people find who the people who create it are also working really hard to create that and that's their their creativity and their hard work culminated and i totally respect lifestyle bloggers who say like i want a sort of a space of positivity in Mm -hmm. a world that is not always great i totally respect that and the same with with artists but i find that with the creative bloggers and instagrammers that i follow there are certain people that i follow just for that like hits you right in the pleasure center inspiration and then there mm-hmm. are the ones that are really sort of reflective on themselves who are amazingly inspirational both for the things they do that are amazing but also because of the way they write about them or because of a little bit of behind the scenes and then that behind the scenes can either be the failure or the process but it's not only the gorgeous stuff. Mhm. Oh, it's yeah. The the best people are definitely remain relatable and I I think that they're my favorite ones to follow. (laughs) Um, But in terms of other places to find inspiration, um, as opposed to just social media, uh, where do you find that you will find inspiration for yourself? It's kind of 
I, I feel like there are two parts of this. Like one is when you're struck by inspiration by things like you're walking around and like I saw this amazing sunset the other day and I've been thinking about it for three days of how to make the colors work if I want to try and, and um, paint it digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the stuff where you're like, okay, I really need to read up on something. We're like, I need to read a book about architecture or I'm really bad about going to museums when I don't travel. Uh, are you a museum person? Not really. I mean, I've gone to museums, again, just like you, when I travel, we'll use that as something to do in this brand new city. I mean, I live steps away from Manhattan with some of the best museums, and I don't really go that often. There'll be new exhibits and things, and I just won't find myself going as much as I feel like I should. But I, my, what I find interesting and fun and what I want to end up painting are a lot of everyday objects. Like mm-hmm. I, I've mentioned before, I think that I got super inspired by like a bottle of sriracha. Like I'm really, I'm really into the idea of like painting this sriracha oil painting and like, I'll write that down and put it in my notes of like ideas of things to paint. So I'll find inspiration in weird everyday stuff and and that's that's often a really good place to because we talked about forcing yourself a little bit and just be like okay i need I, you know either either very actively and consciously or very non-specifically like okay i'm gonna find a thing and paint it it can be a shoe it can be a flower it can be um i'm gonna do a weird caricature of a pet or something but because, it's strange and, and sometimes that... those those paintings can be really amazing like mm-hmm. i'm imagining a sriracha painting right now and that is something that i <laughs> think i and a lot of other people would like to have on a wall because it's like that thing of focusing on the ordinary makes it interesting yeah like that's it's funny the things that just will tickle a person's brain and i think that there are other people out there who will get tickled by the same thing and that's what kind of makes people want to purchase and consume other people's art because it's like oh wow this is just a silly oil painting of a sriracha bottle but I need it <laughs> like and that's kind of exciting to me and that's how I feel when I consume other people's art and again it's when I talk about other people I'm talking about people now who are painting I'm not yet to the stage where I feel like oh I'm gonna look at Rembrandt great, yeah if I look at the great masters it's like that's what I want to do like I didn't go to art school I didn't aspire to to recreate that kind of art. I mean, I might one day and I definitely am in, I'm definitely, think of the word. I'm in awe of people who are also, who are doing that, who are looking at the great, beautiful works and that's what inspires them. And that's what brings their own art to life. So there's just different ways of looking at it. I mean, I'm inspired by a Sriracha Bottle. <laughs> You're inspired by a Rembrandt, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's also because my mom used to take us. Uh, my dad's also a journalist. And uh, when I was a kid, when we were kids, he often had to work weekends. And the Modern Art Museum in Stockholm had these like kids days. So they would have a group of kids in and they would show you like that, probably like ages four to seven or something. Mm-hmm. And you sit in front of maybe three paintings you can talk about it. And then you go in this big room and they put you in one of those um, plastic 
probably just like a plastic bag, I don't know, or an apron and you get to paint inspired by that stuff. Um, so I, I grew up a little bit in museums and like when we traveled, we would always go to museums. But I think also I'm just super fascinated by what made different artists in different time periods think the way they did like why why did this guy think about light this way and what what happened to make this guy work with color this way or uh even like okay did did van gogh have epilepsy was that why he looked at color the very unique way he did that kind of thing oh yeah i i definitely find the facts and trivia about art <laughs> history to be super interesting and the, and i like consuming that kind of stuff and knowing why things were done the way they were and i think that that's just kind of the research person in me you know as <laughs> yeah. far buried as she might be <laughs> she's down there and still enjoys that kind of stuff so how do you decide uh, what to put in in your son's lunchbox every day where does that inspiration come from um usually i ask him what he might want or it is holiday themed or it is something he's been playing with like so what you're saying is again i need to find a five-year-old yeah, yeah, because they they just provide some of the most random stuff sometimes. Or I just make my way through Mario characters because that's a game we've been playing together. And so he's into that or a TV show he has been watching. And I just test myself and like, can I draw this character? Can I do this thing? Or he the other day he was playing with a monster truck. I'm like, all right, monster truck. Like I could do that. I try and do things that will make him happy when he opens up the lunchbox. You know, I became a published artist when I was maybe 10, when I sent in a drawing of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, and Tails on a vine escaping from Dr. Robotnik. And I sent it to Sonic the Hedgehog magazine, the Swedish version. I got published. (laughs) And I was like, this is the greatest moment in my life that has ever (laughs) happened. And also my last name uh, can mean like a shot, like a shot fired, like pew 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 in Swedish. Uh So they wrote like a pun about that. Like she is not a missed shot like Dr. Robotnik, but she's a great shot. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you made a 10 year old's life. Yeah. So I I still have that somewhere like in in a folder. So that was inspiration, apparently, when I was a little kid. (laughs) Yeah, see, so I kind of let him lead it. And that way, I don't have to think too much about it. It's more about the drawing and the skill of it than um, what I'm actually drawing. So that the hard part's always coming up with what you want to do, just like making dinner. Like I always I can never figure out what I want to make for dinner. Like I can't just do it. So that's why, you know, I like things that Tell me what to make for dinner. <clears throat> Future sponsors. <gasps> Excuse me. <laughs> Do you ever use those like prompt uh, either blogs or Instagrams that give you things to draw? I've seen those and I haven't done it because some days I just can't do it. You know, I, I if I'm making it for someone else, again, it's it's back to the idea of gifting art for me really works. And so I feel like my lunchbox arts are like little gifts to my son. And so I, I, ma- I managed to make it work because this has to get done every day. You know, everyone finds their own little thing and what inspires them and what they can do about it. And so I think that a lot of those prompt things work for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe I'm just like, even if I seek them out, then the second I see them, I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. I don't. <laughs> I'm too old don't for tell homework. me what to draw. <laughs> but we are going to have homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what's the homework? Okay. I think that we should post something that we ha- where we have failed 
in making something and we should post our fail. Yeah. Do you Just... keep your fails? Like... Yeah, I have a stack of fails. <laughs> I do. I have a stack of like failed notes. Actually, oh, darn it. I think I just tossed them. I had them from like October and I was just cleaning up my desk to kind of make room for something new to come in. But how very convenient. Oh, I know. I'll find something, though. I'm sure that there's plenty of fails. Oh, I had a modern art fail that I posted <laughs> recently, but I could bust that out again. I'll find something. I'll definitely I'll be failing between now and our next episode, I'm sure, multiple <laughs> times. So we'll have yeah, something well, to do. Yeah. And if you fail on purpose, is it really a fail or was it a success? <laughs> so, yeah. Are you, are you prepared to post a fail? No, I'm perfect. Also, I have I have an open just fireplace, kidding. so nothing just, sticks around. <laughs> you just baited me into that. You did. You just led me into the bear trap, and now I'm in a pit in the woods posting my own fails. Yeah. Well, that's the, the good and the bad of pottery is that when something fails, you just smush it into a little ball, and then you can rework the clay and start over. But... I can grab that phone and take a picture before you smush it. (laughs) I can also just look through notebooks of the eight times I need to draw something before before it works out. Or I want an Instagram live of you smushing your fail. That I can definitely provide. Awesome. (laughs) And uh, you can find those things probably at uh, makedopod.com where you can find the show notes for this and past episodes. And makedopod is where you can find us most places. And at Tiffany Arment and at Julia Scott individually, where we will provide a number of fails from now until forever. <laughs> and you can subscribe to the podcast. You should subscribe to the podcast. You shall, you will. Uh, so it shall be. And you can leave tons of stars and reviews in iTunes. And you can tell us your sources of inspiration. And if you think that uh, Tiff is right, in only following the greats, or if I am <laughs> right in uh, loving failure. Uh, we'll be back in a fortnight to talk more about art, but until then, go make and do.